Hey, 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 welcome to the Legacy Speaker Show. I am your host, Jasmine Haley, and today we're going to be talking with Tanisha Bestella, okay? <laughs> we're going to go and dive deep into why we should consider as business owners, as professionals, as leaders, why we should self-publish a book and how it can skyrocket our business. Now, let me tell you about our guest today. Tanisha has transformed payment to purpose and use it as a gift as an entrepreneur, publisher, and book coach. Tanisha Bestseller Johnson gives to everyone, whoever she encounters, the same gifts that she's been able to utilize for herself and even her daughter. We're going to talk to her about her daughter. She's a warrior of words with a fierce passion for guiding authors to expand their brand by showing them how to earn multiple streams of income from just one book. As the author of 23 books, she's living proof that sharing your story leads to your destiny. Welcome to the show, Tanisha. Thank you so much for having me, Jasmine. I'm excited. Yes, absolutely. So yes. I, I got to hear this because I actually don't know the answer to this question. <laughs> what, what led you to your first book? Like, why did you start writing? Oh, wow. So even as a teenager, I was saying I wanted to publish a book. I didn't know what that first book would be. And people are going to trip out when they hear this. My first book was a series of emails that I sent to people every day to encourage them and motivate them. My first book is literally called 100 Words of Encouragement, Tidbits of Inspiration. They're really short paragraphs. It's almost like a coffee table book. You can read one or two a day and then dart out the door in probably two minutes. Like it's not a long read. You don't have to read it in order. But little did I know a friend of mine was keeping them and she got to like 78, like you should publish Jesus a book here. And it was like, Huh. Okay. Like I never set out to write it as a book. So that's, yes. that's great. I love, I love when those happen. Yeah. Oh, that's so cool. So really it was born out of a creative outlet for you and yeah. you've been able to utilize it and maximize it. I think that's so awesome. Yeah. I wonder though, like what, what was a turning point for you to actually see it as a source of revenue building for you? Yeah. So I realized there was a problem in particularly the self-publishing industry. So what I find is a lot of people um, are publishing their books. They're putting them on Amazon. But what people fail to do is pay a professional editor. Now, the key word is professional because a lot of people think because their mom was an English teacher and their aunt is an English teacher or they work at a newspaper locally that this person is qualified to edit their manuscript for their book. Now, the rules of engagement for books are totally different, especially if you're editing poetry. It's all bets are off as relates to the English language anyway. But I realized the problem and I was like, wait a minute, this is a pet peeve of mine. Like, this is a sore thumb for me. Like, I just set out to start an editing and proofreading company and it blossomed into the publishing, the ghostwriting and the book coaching because people started asking me for it. But when I originally started the company, it was just editing and proofreading for self-published authors so that they could put a professional product out in the marketplace in excellence. Ooh, Something just came up. I wrote it down so I don't forget. <laughs> write it down. That's good. That's good. That's yeah. so good. Um, and it's so similar to me because I came as from public health, went into academia, have an educational background, was used to curriculum design. And then I went into the speaking world 
And I started seeing when I started being invited to actually choose speakers for national events. And when I started speaking, like the quality of things that were being submitted yeah. as signature speaking topics, and it used to get underneath my skin because I'm like, yes. oh my goodness. Yes. Yes. <laughs> and so now what's so funny is at that time, I wasn't really consulting people. Now I am consulting people on the things that I'm very passionate about. And that's what I love that there's some synergy there too between the both of us with your your author, your author, entrepreneur um, work, your yeah. editing work. Um, I think it's fantastic. So I'm curious to know, like, you know, for anyone that's listening, regardless of what whatever your niche is, if you look at Tanisha's, uh, her path and even my own path, we have we've had these skills for years. We've had yes. these gifts that have been given to us, mm -hmm. and every step that we take, we start evolving and gaining more skill. And then there's ways that you can utilize it and monetize it. Yes. But I think there's a part too, and that most speakers never consider is that that writing is a possibility for them. Yes. And it, it is, it isn't a requirement to speak and train, but it definitely enhances it. So I would love mm -hmm. to know, like from you and the clients that you've worked with, the hundreds of books, maybe even thousands of books. Um, I don't know. I don't know the number, but hundreds of books, right. That yeah. you've had the opportunity to edit when, when should a speaker or a trainer or just a business owner in general be considering ghostwriting as an option if they find that this isn't an innate natural quality for them? Yeah. So I think a lot of people who are already speaking, they, here's the thing. And I tell them this all the time. You have the content. It's just in a different form. So when people call you to speak, is there somebody recording? I don't care if it's with your iPhone. Is there somebody recording you? Are you recording? Can you get the audio file from the organizer of the event? If you do radio interviews and TV interviews, just like this podcast interview, I can then take this interview and repurpose it and put it into a book. So a lot of times people may speak for an hour and they may do 10 to 12 speaking engagements a month, but nobody is recording them. So all that content is just lost. So I tell speakers, wherever you go to speak, ask the people, are you recording? And if they are not recording, it's up to you to have some type of recording device so that you can then repurpose that content. Then you can present that to a ghostwriter. In addition to the to your interviews, you're still going to need to be interviewed um, and you're still going to need to outline the book. So, you know, the key points that you want to hit. But just like you, you have signature speaking topics already because you work with speakers. So when people call you, they're calling you to speak on, you know, either three to five things. So for those three to five things, we got to think about how can I then package that into a book so that when I'm done speaking, people go to your table and they're like, well, what do you have? That was a great speech. All right, let me get a book. Can you sign it for me? Can you take a picture with me? So people want what you have, especially after they have heard you speak. Now, the flip side of that is people who are not speaking and don't have a book. I tell them you need to write the book if you want to get into public speaking, because now you become the expert in whatever your subject matter is. It may be in overcoming depression or overcoming cancer. Mine is a lot of people call me to speak on overcoming um, sexual abuse. So things like that. Those are the things that you then use to get the speaking engagements, the $10,000 speaking engagement, the $5,000 speaking engagement for 20 minutes or 30 minutes. And, and all you did really was write like a $10 book, you know, and then you get to sell your books too. So one of two ways. 
Yes. So I, I love that you share that perspective. And I often talk about with people like for me, for me, when I started my speaking, I did not have a book. I didn't, I didn't write a book until the fifth year in business or something like that, fourth or fifth mm-hmm. year in business. And right now I'm doing a second edition mm-hmm. um, because I realized that I needed to really understand my messaging more. Yes. So for some of us, and so this is where we, when people ask a question, do I have to write a book in order to get on the stage? My answer to that is no, but it also is, it depends. Yes. (laughs) Because some people, if you know your messaging, if you know what you, what your expertise is, you you know that you're not in the discovery phase, you're not going to be changing it every two weeks. Go ahead and write that book if you desire. You can leverage that to help skyrocket your business in multiple different ways. But for the average person, the people that I often work with, they, they're not always sure. Mm-hmm. And so right now, the reason why I'm doing a second edition so quickly with my book is because my messaging has changed. Right, right. And, and I it's think not, the, it's not connected. Yeah. And I think the benefit um, that a lot of people miss is that for me, writing a book is the quickest way to grow your brand. Like if you want to become an expert on something, and I think it goes back to Jasmine, a lot of people don't know what they want to be known for. So I've been talking about books now for 20 plus years. Uh, Yes, I'm moving more into a ministerial role now, but even with that, I use the writing. I still use writing. I still use books, you know, for ministry purposes. So it's one of those things where it's like, it can be a gateway to something bigger. I tell people there are seven to 12 streams of income tied to just one book. So, you know, like one of our coaches, she's writing her move to millions book. And it's the book that talks about her building her million dollar company. But again, it's one of those things of how many years was she in business before she wrote the one book? Now she wrote a whole lot of books, but this is the one book that is going to open more doors because people want to know how did you build a million dollar business from nothing? Yes. Yes, absolutely. And the key is, you know, from, from what you've just shared, your examples, and even my own. Now, see, for me, I think the fastest way is speaking, but we're not going to wrestle and tussle right, right now. We ain't going to do that. Speaking we're friends right now. <laughs> right. Speaking in the books. <laughs> but, 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 the anyhow, problem, but the problem is, Jasmine, and, and I had this at my event. It was like, you know. Am I really going to open a door and open my platform for someone that I don't know to come and speak if I don't know their accolades? I don't know they're an author. I haven't read their book. I haven't been introduced to them beforehand. Like, I've got to do a little bit of research. If you just pitch me yourself cold as a speaker nine times out of 10, you're not going to get on my stage. I've got to know you because I am very protective about um, who gets access to my people. So speaking for me has been like the, the fastest way to transform lives in addition to books. But I'm sensitive about what speakers I bring because I don't want people who are just selling. I don't want people who are just manipulating. What content are you bringing to the stage and how can you transform the lives of the people in the room? And the sales will come because if you're transformational, people will come to you. Amen. And what we're seeing from both of us, from our both different perspectives, is that marketing still has to happen. We have to gather our marketing assets. And the marketing asset could be your book. 
Your marketing asset could be a website. Your marketing assets could be some of the strategic thinking that Tanisha was talking about, which is getting video recording, getting audio recording. And one of the things that Tanisha stated that I loved was she said, it is up to you. Yes. Sometimes the event organizer ain't going to give you nothing. Nothing. (laughs) Nothing. Right? So you got to make sure that you show up and hire the people that's necessary so that you're able to gather that because your next book could be in your speech. Yes. Your your next marketing campaign and thought leadership and, and article writing could be in the speech that you're sharing so that you can get more eyes because exactly what Tanisha said many event organizers, even myself, I'm not going to just let a random person come on my stage in front of my community. It's just not going to happen. No. And I'm very protective of my community because Mm -hmm. you want to make sure that whoever you bring is values aligned. Yes. And the marketing piece has to be taken seriously. If you really want to be profitable with speaking and training. Yes. Now, I, I want to segue into the work that you've done with your daughter specifically just recently, sure. because yeah. I've been in the background watching, cheering along. She's just as good <laughs> as can be. She is your twin <laughs> and just adorable. OK, <laughs> now I I would love for you to kind of share um, her daughter's an author, just some of the the things that have happened. Yes, because of her writing her book and what and what your publishing company was able to do for her. Absolutely. So Nyla is 10 today. She will be um, 11 May 5th. Yeah. And um, Nyla wrote her first book when she was seven years old. And so we published that book and then we kind of sat on it a little bit because guess what? COVID came in. Um, And so I didn't think that it would get the traction and the marketing that it deserves. So we kind of just held on to it. You know, we kind of sold to family and friends. um, But for the most part, we didn't roll out a marketing campaign. But when we did roll out a marketing campaign, she immediately got a distribution deal with a um, regional retailer called Meyer. So Meyer in the Midwest is kind of like a super Walmart in the South, if you will. So mm-hmm. Meyer has clothes, they have drugs, they have full grocery line, you know, all the things. So it's one of those things where we didn't set out for Meyer to pick it up, but Meyer came to us and said, Hey, we need you to pitch for this distribution deal. And then they said, we have 256 stores. We're going to put five books in each store for all 256 stores. Um, So today the book is on barnesandnoble.com. It's on target.com. The ebook of course is on amazon.com. But she has been able to go to local schools and libraries and things like that and talk to students. One school bought like 200 books, another school bought 150. And even if they buy books in advance, they still let her come in and sell and sign. So it's one of those things that has kind of taken uh, a whirlwind of its own. Like it's literally just <laughs> grown into something that we, you know, we didn't pitch for. We didn't ask for this. We didn't go to them. These people are now coming to us. She's been featured on Fox News. They came to the house. They interviewed her and the family. So things like that, the the doors just open. Um, now I'm working with a curriculum developer, actually, who will develop a curriculum based on the series because it's a series of books. So the first book was called Nyla's First Day of Kindergarten. The second book is um, Nyla's First Visit to the Dentist, which is now out as well. And then she is in an anthology with other fifth and sixth graders called The Power of a Positive Mindset. So she's 10 years old and she's published three books. 
Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. And because the book was published and because there was a strategic marketing plan, it opened up more doors for visibility. Yes. Yes. And so I, and I want people to hear strategic marketing plan because there are some wide doors you can walk in as it relates to marketing. Her first book is solely for kids who have not went to kindergarten yet. So those three to five-year-olds, really four and five, the kids that can read right before school. It's all about the first day of kindergarten. We're not marketing to the second graders, the fifth graders, none of those people, just the kids who have not went to kindergarten yet. The second book is all about Nyla's first visit to the dentist. Our market for that is to go to dentist offices who have children as clients to get them to buy the books in bulk so that as kids come through for their first visit, they get this book as a gift and giveaway. That is the strategy. That is our focus. That we're not doing 18 other things. Like it's just for the first book, it was school districts and libraries because it's all about the first day of kindergarten. So we just wanted to focus on different school districts who have kindergarten roundup and kindergartners coming in. We weren't focused on high schools and middle schools. So I wanted to say that and reemphasize that because I think a lot of people do marketing and they're praying. It's like spaghetti, throwing spaghetti on the wall and praying that it sticks. And it's not because it's like you're casting a wide net when you need to be casting a smaller net. But it'll lead to bigger things, if that makes sense. Yes, yes, absolutely. And I love that. And so for for those of us who are growing our business to multi six figures, seven figures and and we're looking at really upping our visibility, writing a book is, is one. But yeah. again, if nothing is done with it, if you've written a book and no one has bought it, it's because there isn't a marketing strategy attached to it. Correct. And so not only do you need to take a look at having it well-written, right? Yes. Digestible. So editing it, professionally editing it, that's the key term professionally editing it, but now you also need to be with a publisher that is able to support you through not just the writing process, but yes. getting it in the hands of readers. Yes. Because some, for some of us who are interested in maybe maybe growing it and, and getting it to um, where they're in national publishers, right? Mm-hmm. And uh, every time one of the questions they're going to ask you, and how do I know that? Because I've had these conversations myself how many books have you sold? Right. That's right. that's what that's what they want to know. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> and if it is not above 10,000 books, mm-hmm. then a lot of them are not going to waste time on you. Yeah. At yeah. all. Yeah. And so Jasmine, one of the things that sets my publishing company apart from others is we we like to be a one-stop shop. So we do Um, something called content editing, which is different than proofreading. A lot of people are paying for proofreaders and not getting what they need. Um, But we do content editing and proofreading. And then we take the book all the way from, you know, Microsoft Word document to print books at your doorstep. Um, But the other thing that sets us apart is we help people phase out those seven to 12 streams of income tied to the book. So a lot of people do a paperback book, but they don't do the audio book. They don't do the ebook. You can do webinars. You can have a stage play. One of my books, When the Smoke Clears, 
I did a sold out stage production downtown Detroit two years in a row. I may bring it back this year because I did it like five years ago. But it's one of those things. Once the script is written, you can just rinse and repeat and use it for something else. Now that script will then become part of the script for the full fledged movie if I do a feature film. So it's just building out from one platform to the next platform. And they are all different building blocks. And I'm telling people, you can have a product line based on the book. You can have, we talked about the webinars, you can do conferences and summits. There's so many different things you can do centered around the book. Like you could just be doing a speaker's conference and then a speaker's t-shirt. I speak for whatever, you know? So I tell people, there is no reason why writers should be broke (laughs) because we have content and like content is still king. I know people think cash is king. It's not, but like content is still king because you can always repurpose it and use it for something else. Yes. Yes. I love it. Diversify that income, y'all. Diversify that income. Well, I want to thank you so much, uh, Tanisha, for being on the show. I have one last question for you. This question is, what was the best advice you've ever received as a business owner? Hmm. Wow. As a business owner. So let me say as a business owner and as an author. So as a business owner, the best advice I received was get deposits, get at least Mm -hmm. half deposit up front. Believe it or not, when I started my editing company, I was getting paid afterwards. And you know how that works out. (laughs) So I think I think I think a lot of times business owners are afraid to take a deposit because they feel like if I take a deposit today that I have to start today. You know, it's kind of like that hurry up and rush and wait. And yeah, Um, the other thing as an author, I'll never forget um, a coach told me, he said, the book may be about you, but it needs to be about the reader. So it's about you, but it's not about you because you're asking people to buy a product. You're asking people to buy this book. There has to be something transformational in between those pages for them to say, yep, I'm glad you wrote you wrote this book for me. And that's what you want. That's the greatest compliment you can get from any reader for them to come to you and say, this book transformed my life and you wrote this book for me. Because mm. even if it's your life story, you need to be writing for the reader. Oh, I love that. I love that so much. Yeah. Please tell the listeners where they can find you. Absolutely. So they can, I know it looks like Tanita, but it's Tanisha. So my personal website is tanitajohnson.com. Um, the company website is soitiswritten.net, where you can find out all about our publishing, ghostwriting, and book coaching services. And they can also email me at info at soitiswritten.net. Awesome. And Tanisha has a gift for every single listener. So we're going to yes. put that link inside of our show notes. Check out the show notes on whatever platform that you happen to be listening to this podcast episode. She's got a gift to help you with writing your next book. Well, thank you so much, Tanisha, for coming on the show. We appreciate you. Thank you, Jasmine. Thank you for having me. Y'all, this episode was fantastic. I I'm I am on fire personally because I cannot wait to write my next book, to put out the second edition for the book that I have, and really leverage it in a more strategic way. I have to admit, I wasn't as strategic as I could be. So for those of you who are contemplating utilizing speaking and also utilizing writing, publishing, Tanisha is a great resource for you. And so I encourage you to check out her resources, take a look at what she has, because you can skyrocket your visibility, grow your um, work 
in in the powerful work that you do currently and really leverage it in a bigger way. And of course, if you're in the place where you're looking to grow your business with speaking and training, reach out to us at jasminehaley.com. We would love to support you along the way. Until then, we'll see you in our next episode.